Take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to John chapter 9 this morning. John chapter 9. What kind of Christmas message can we preach from John chapter 9? Well, there's all kinds of Christmas messages throughout God's Word, and we can preach from just about anywhere on Christmas Day and be in the right place in God's Word. John chapter 9 this morning, as you go there, let me ask you this question. What are your... I'm not asking for answers, I'm just asking the question, but you think about it. What are your greatest needs? We might all think of something different. If we stopped and took a few moments to list a few things that we felt like were our greatest needs, we would likely all have lists that look different. If we go, go all the way back to the day of our birth, the day that we were born as little babies, what did we need then? We needed someone to come along and take care of us, didn't we? We needed someone to feed us, to clothe us, to give us shelter, to bathe us. And yes, we desperately needed someone to change our diapers. (laughs) In chapter 9 of John's Gospel, we find a man who was born blind. At birth, he was blind. What were his greatest needs? At birth, it's interesting. If you think about it, at birth, his needs were no different than ours, really. He lacked eyesight as a baby, but as a baby, he also needed someone to take care of his every need like we did. His needs were the same as ours when he was born, but then he would mature, he would grow, and he would face some challenges. Soon he would have very different needs than ours. He would need to learn to navigate life without eyesight without the advantage of being able to see where he's going, see what his hands were touching, see where his feet were taking him. I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 9. We'll be there in just a moment. It's there in John chapter 9 that we find that Jesus showed great mercy to this man. Jesus encountered this man. This man encountered Jesus. And after that, he was never the same again. He discovered why Jesus came. He discovered why we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had a very serious physical need. He lacked eyesight. Those around him, many, most around him had eyesight. They had the advantage of that. He he had this difficulty, this great physical difficulty that he dealt with. And this physical need, Jesus came and met. Jesus healed this man gave him eyesight, something he had never had. But we also learn in John chapter 9 that there was something much more serious this man needed. We might think, what would be more serious than than not having eyesight? But there was something much more serious this man needed than his eyesight, and Jesus gave him both. In fact, we're going to learn that we all have a far greater need than those that are physical. We have much greater needs than the things that we normally think of. If you were to write on your list the things that you felt like you needed, I'm certain that if you didn't list this thing that Jesus came to provide, you you would be corrected in saying, well, these things are important, but they're not as important as this 
thing that you need. Let's step into the story in John chapter 9. I want to start at verse 1. I'd like you to follow along as I read through verse 12. John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, I'll read through verse 12. Speaking of Jesus, it says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse 6 says, Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. And then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. And so I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. What need did this man have that was more important than his lack of eyesight? It's the same need the whole world has. It's the need that Jesus came to meet. The greatest need of all people is that we are born spiritually blind. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen to verses 3 through 6. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what do people need most? Do people need more information? Some might say they need more information. The world needs more information so they can make an informed decision about whether or not they should trust in Jesus Christ or not. But according to the Bible, what people born spiritually blind need And that's all of us. We were all born spiritually blind. What people born spiritually blind need is to have their spiritual eyes opened. They need the miracle of spiritual sight that only God can give. 
What people born spiritually blind desperately need is for God to move into their lives and open their eyes spiritually. And only God obviously can work the miracle of spiritual sight. It's what we see in God's Word. Without Jesus, while spiritually blind, and as the Bible teaches us, trapped in our sins, we think our needs are far different from what God knows them to be. We might look at our lives and think, I have much greater needs than, than to believe in Jesus. Without having our spiritual eyes opened by God, we might think of any number of things as more important. We could think that it's a career that we need. I need to be able to provide for myself. I need to be able to provide for my family. That's my greatest need. And so we provide for ourselves by pursuing that career that we think is the most important thing to us. That could have been what this man born blind thought of his own situation. He said, he might be thinking, if I just had sight, I could, I could work, I could provide for myself, I wouldn't have to be begging for help. If I had eyesight, I could get a job. I could provide for my needs. He might have been thinking. We see the people saying of him, obviously he was a beggar. He had sat and, and begged. People said, isn't this the man, the beggar? Having no way to provide for your own needs is a problem, isn't it? That's why babies need to be taken care of. That's why children need to be provided for. Having no, no way to provide for your own needs, that's, that's a challenge. It's something that you need help with. But we get a glimpse of something different when Jesus answers the disciples' question about whose sin this man's blindness was meant to punish. Note Jesus' answer again. Look at verses 3 through 5 again. When Jesus says, it was not that this man sinned. Note that he doesn't say this man wasn't a sinner. He just said it wasn't that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. The purpose for this man's blindness was not a punishment so much as it was an object lesson. We must work, says Jesus, the works of him who sent me while it is day. And we can praise God that he sent Jesus. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, Jesus says in verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of of the world. And Jesus points to his purpose for being here, for his purpose for being born as a baby and living as a man and then going to the cross. So Jesus says that this man's blindness was meant to display the works of God. There's so much around us even in our own lives, that are meant to display the works of God, the power of God at work in us and around us. What a privilege is ours who proclaim the name of Christ to be object lessons of God's love and mercy and grace that we can shine the light of Christ into this world in which we live. And, and Jesus does that. He heals this man's blindness. He reveals sight to this man he reveals light to this man he gives him sight he can finally see and as he does he says i am the light of the world 
He heals this man's blindness, revealing by the miracle that he is who he says he is. And people ask, where is he? Asking the man born blind, where is this man? And in the miracle, and in what Jesus says, we find a much greater purpose for which Jesus has healed this man born blind. Jesus didn't overlook this man's very serious physical need. He didn't look the other way and say, your blindness isn't your real problem. He dealt with that, a a very real problem. He dealt with this physical need. He didn't overlook this very serious physical problem, but his ultimate ministry was one of spiritual healing to which he points when he says, I am the light of the world. Jesus served to meet the very real physical needs of many people, and so should his people here and now. Those who proclaim the name of Christ, those who trust in Jesus, ought to be busy about serving to meet the needs of people around us. But what we see here is that Jesus ministers to meet this man's greatest need. And that too is our purpose as God's children. As God's people, as followers of Jesus, we are to be about meeting people's greatest need, telling them about the love of Christ, telling them about Jesus who came and, yes, was born as a baby, but he didn't stay a baby. He grew and lived as a man and walked on this earth without sinning and then went to the cross for our sins. The most important need Jesus meets, the one he was born into this world to meet, is the need for spiritual sight. Jesus gives spiritual sight so that we might believe in Jesus, so that we might believe in the light of the world and be born again and be forgiven our sins and receive the gift of eternal life, salvation through Christ. But some people might hear this and think that they don't need Jesus. Again, looking at their own needs their own perceived needs they say no what i really need is not jesus but what i need is freedom people who are spiritually blind often think i need freedom to do as i please that's what i need but that's not what the bible teaches god's word shows us that that real freedom is not freedom to do as i please it's freedom to do as i ought in fact, spiritual blind, spiritually blind people may think that they have the freedom to do anything that they want, and yet the Word of God teaches something far different about the freedom that they have. In truth, the only freedom they have is freedom to sin. They are actually enslaved to sin. The Bible is clear that what we really need is freedom from sin. We desperately need to be freed from the bondage that we find ourselves in as the sinners that we were born as. That's why Jesus came. Jesus is the only one who can take the punishment for our sins. And we rejoice in that today. We rejoice in this fact that Jesus came to save sinners and took the punishment for sinners. He came and died the death we deserve and rose from the dead on the third day and and lives now. And by His death, all people who believe in Jesus are healed 
of their spiritual blindness. They receive spiritual life and light. And the work of God's Spirit and Word in them enables them now to say no to sin. Not that, not that God's children, not that believers in Jesus Christ are always 100% successful at saying no to sin, but God now moves in and takes up residence through His Spirit and gives us wisdom from His Word and changes our desires from the inside out so that we start saying no to sin. Something that we couldn't do before faith in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says of believers in Romans chapter 6, listen to verses 17 and 18, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. All people need Jesus. All people need to be freed from their sin. Other people who are spiritually blind will say that what they really need is not Jesus, but more knowledge, more learning, more books, education and training. Education and training. Those things are good. And of all people, God's people should be readers. God's people should be learners. That's why I challenge you and I encourage you to pick up a Bible reading plan because if you don't have a plan, you may not read your Bible this year. And of all people, God's people ought to learn. Especially learn the truths of His Word. Of all people, we should be readers, learners, those who are strengthening our minds so that we might be the people that God wants us to be. But for people who are still spiritually blind, people who are trapped in sin, the Bible shows that man's greatest need is spiritual sight, spiritual understanding, which they cannot have without faith in Christ. Paul reminds believers of this in Colossians 1.9, pointing to what he prayed for them. We have not ceased to pray for you, he says, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You need God's Word for that. You need God's help for that. And we even see here in John 9, in verses 35-39, through 39, that this is why Jesus came into the world. We, as we see in this exchange between Jesus and the man that He had given sight to, the Jews, we'll see it here when we look at the passage, the Jews had argued with this man and thrown him out of the synagogue. I want you to look at verses 35 through 39 with me for a moment because Jesus talks about this. He answers this question about whether or not we need more wisdom and knowledge. Beginning at verse 35, Jesus it says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He said, Lord, I believe and he worshipped him. That, that's verse 38. I kind of jumped ahead here. Back to verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Verse 36. He answered, and he, and he said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And then Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Do you believe in the Son of Man? That's where it begins. It's not more learning without Christ. It's more learning with Christ. It's more 
knowledge with Christ. It's the knowledge that only Jesus can give. And so it's not all the wisdom and learning the world offers that mankind needs most. Even there in verse 39, Jesus shows that those who think they have wisdom but do not have the wisdom of God are still spiritually blind. People can say, I've learned and I've learned and I have all this world's wisdom. I've learned all there is to learn. And yet without Christ, they're still spiritually blind and without spiritual sight, without spiritual wisdom, without spiritual healing. True wisdom is to know Christ and His saving power to heal from sin and give spiritual sight. That's what we desperately need. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That Jesus raises the spiritually dead to eternal life. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But other people will argue that they don't need Jesus because their greatest need is something different. They might say they need a better standard of living. I need to make more money so I can afford a better house or a nicer car or more clothes, they say. But the Bible doesn't teach us to seek out a higher standard of living economically. What it does teach is that we should pursue a higher standard of living spiritually. God's Word says obedience is that higher standard of living that He calls us to. Obedience to God's Word And that is good for us, and it glorifies God. And the Bible shows us that God gives grace to people who believe in Jesus to do just that. Listen to this passage from Titus in chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. We can't live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives without the help of God in us. It's not in our human nature to do that. But it is in the nature of God that dwells in His people to help them do that. Again, this is why Jesus came. To give spiritual sight, and spiritual life, new life in Christ, God-honoring desires that God gives to people who believe in Jesus. That's why He came that they might know the joy that comes through fellowship with God by walking in obedience to His Word. Still other people might say that they don't need Jesus. What they need is better security for the future, better health insurance, better life insurance, a better retirement plan. I need to be provided for as I get older, they say. And the Bible does emphasize the importance of being thoughtful about the days that we live here on earth. Believers in Jesus are to be good stewards. We're to be good caretakers of what God has entrusted to us. Good stewards take good care of those things entrusted to them, and we ought to be people like that. So we should be good savers, and we should prepare for our later years as it becomes physically more difficult for us to work. But what's most important is that we live with an eternal perspective with, an e- with the eternity that's ahead of us in view. The Bible emphasizes spiritual, eternal security. That's the emphasis the Bible gives us, laying up treasure in heaven which will last for eternity. As Jesus says in Matthew 16, 
Listen to verses 19 to 21 when Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What we really need is to rest our hope And the eternal security that's ours found only through faith in Jesus Christ. So 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. We desperately need to be saved from ourselves. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can do that. We desperately need to be saved from our spiritual blindness only jesus christ can do that none of these things can spiritually blind people have apart from faith in christ what we all need is what jesus came to bring spiritual sight spiritual life spiritual wisdom spiritual provision spiritual security for all who believe in him for forgiveness of sins That's why Jesus came. That's why we gather and celebrate this Christmas day. That's why we celebrate, as believers, I trust we celebrate Jesus' birth every day. As we remember and rejoice over the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let's remember these words. Jesus says, just back one chapter in John chapter 8 in verse 12, I am the light of the world Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We can praise God for that today. We can rejoice today and every day because of that. Let's celebrate that today. Let's celebrate that with our lives. And let's praise God for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.